Nothing is over until we decide it is. It's time for the Chicago Blackhawks postgame show on the Blackhawks Radio Network. Here's Joe Brand. Hello, Chicago. I'm listening. A 7-1 loss to the Seattle Kraken as the Hawks get swept on this road trip and kind of blown out of Climate Pledge Arena. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks postgame show. We're taking you up to tomorrow. 12.30 is when we'll finish this thing up as we recap a rough loss for the Hawks. They fall by six goals. Our buddy Troy Murray is out in Seattle. He and John Weidman on the call tonight from the Climate Pledge Arena. And Troy, heading into this one, I think we were all on the edge of our seat ready to uh, witness a a really exciting hockey game, but um, the excitement kind of deflated out of the balloon immediately. Just one good goal from the Hawks. Nice to see a little offense from Anthony Beauvillier and Taylor Radish. And uh, like you mentioned, there are kind of a a handful of excuses for tonight, but you know that the Hawks don't want to use those excuses. You know Luke Richardson doesn't want to use those excuses. He's a He's an old-school hockey kind of guy, and I'm sure he's going to have a pretty hard message for this team. Yeah, I don't know where he kind of starts with this one, um, but I know where this one really went the, in the wrong direction. The Blackhawks, as you mentioned, scored the goal radish at the, the three-minute mark, and then at, at four-and-a-half, basically, uh, Seattle got the, the goal that Bjorkstrand just threw to the front of the net, and there was really nobody there on the backside. Vlasic had his check. There was no opportunity for that player to get the puck, but Dickinson just kind of put his skate out there. It's just a reaction. The same thing that happened with Zaitsev the other night. It's just a it's just a reaction, and it goes off the heel of his blade and goes into the far corner past the pad of Soderblom, who had a tough one here this evening. But, you know, all of a sudden you, you get some emotion. You're back in the game. You're outplayed in the first period. You're down 2 nothing, but you're still in the game. One shot makes the difference. You're back into it. But that goal, I think, really kind of deflated the Blackhawks. And then from there, it was just all Seattle the rest of the game. Chicago had nothing. And you could just tell that their body language, you know, they were frustrated and they were trying to make plays. And Seattle were just tracking everything down and, and playing with a lot of confidence. With these types of games, I mean, do you are, are you able to, to individualize... I'm sorry, to go into individual performances, not even so much for our sake, but for the coaching staff, for the players, or or is this just all on a team loss? Is this just one you just throw away? I mean, how... Uh, how yeah, yeah, I know where you're, where you're going with this. I mean, this this is you know one guy making a mistake, another guy making a mistake. Somebody's out of position. Somebody's trying to cover up. There's all kinds of things that went wrong in this game. Their structure broke down. They didn't dump the puck in with a purpose. Joey Decord, I mean, multiple times in this game, was able to hit a pass and, and take the forechecking right out of the equation. And, and that that was something that I'm sure that they talked about, but just kind of mental lapses in, in this game when you needed to be better in certain areas. But they got outworked. They got outplayed. And uh, you can't individually say there was nobody who had a a really good performance in this game. You break it down individually and you say, okay, here's a guy that made a mistake, but now the next guy made a mistake and this guy's out of position, so this guy's doing this. You you just kind of have to throw this one. I don't even know how you start to break this one down because uh, Seattle just did an excellent job of, of of really playing their game and, and imposing their type of style on the Blackhawks that just really had no answer in, in this game tonight. Hey, tell me about it. I don't know what I'm going to do for the next 40 minutes. <laughs> I don't know how, how I break this one down. Um, I, I mean, moving forward, I guess. That's, 
Let's go to movies, Joe. <laughs> movies, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you got any uh, Bill Murray quotes to save the day right now, Troy? Could really use one of those. I'll take movie quotes for 200, <laughs> Joe. <laughs> uh, boop, boop. What, what's the Jeopardy tune? To, we ran out of answers. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Do, do you look at the next game? You look You look at Vancouver. Um, the Hawks are, are going to have an off day tomorrow. There's just way too much crazy traveling going on to squeeze in a practice tomorrow. So... Um, practice on Saturday, day game on Vancouver. I guess that quick turnaround kind of helps after after a practice on Saturday, maybe. Well, they got a lot. They got a lot to work on, and, and first and foremost, uh, you know, you got to get your 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 mind wrapped around how you need to play and and have that focus. It just didn't seem like it, they were prepared to play the right way in in this game. And you know, and first key to the game was coming coming to work and have that hard hat mentality and they didn't have it and they really didn't what I didn't like is there was no response in this game physically and yeah. you know if you're if you're getting beat on the scoreboard you got to try and do something to turn the game around try and do something to get emotion back on your side and you just didn't see you know a lot of the players and yeah you know in a lot of ways maybe you don't have the makeup of that type of a team that that you know wants to play the physical game but you've got some size on the blue line there and you'd like to see them get a little bit more physical and you know depends what happens but you know every now and then you need to take a punch in the nose to to you know to to play a game and and kind of make a statement and Blackhawks just didn't have that pushback in this game that you would hope to see when the score started to get out of control to try and change things around and they just didn't bring anybody into the fight a little worrisome too with Alex Vlasic missing the second half of that third period he's been such a strong piece of this team yeah, he he didn't look like he was you know 100 percent, and uh, he got dinged up a little bit the other night, and uh, had the cut over his nose and he, a little bit sore. But I I didn't see what happened in this game. But uh, you know the the Kraken team, you look at this, and the Blackhawks were credited with 26 hits. John's still sitting here next to me. He's off the headset there. But how many big hits did you see in this game? He's putting the headset back on here. <laughs> How, how many? Big hits. How many hits? Uh, I would say honestly about four. Yeah, Re- I, I, mean, don't, I mean they were given twenty six hits in this yeah. game, which is crazy because they, they, you know, they they were not a physical team in this game. So you know, you take those with a, a grain of salt. But uh, you know, I, I just would have liked to seen them do something to to bring everybody into the fight, and that's where a guy like Corey Perry comes into play. He understands the game, and and you know mix it up in front of the crease area, maybe get a little shoving match. You never know what happens after that. But get the emotion into the game that just didn't have it on the Hawk side. Yeah, I mean, if you're being outplayed, outworked, you know, get a little bit out physical. And and like you said, too, Troy, Seth Jones not being here, that, that played a factor as well. Yeah, you know, sometimes in the short term you can get away with a major player out of the lineup but sooner or later it come back to, to haunt you and you know I thought you noticed it in the game against uh, the Edmonton Oilers but maybe not quite as noticeable I thought that they played a much better game in Edmonton losing that one yeah. uh, but you know you, you look at a guy like Phillips playing uh, over 24 or 21 and a half minutes and Murphy playing you know almost 23 minutes Velasic 25 minutes he had a strong game in Edmonton you know everybody was up there trying to fill those minutes uh, Zaitsev played almost 19 minutes in that game uh, trying to fill the, the shoes of Seth Jones so you know even though some people criticize Seth Jones I mean he he, he means the world of this blue line because he's the guy back there he's the man and he, he's in all the, the situations and he's played there before so some of these young defensemen who are just trying to earn their stripes here in the NHL in, in a tough way with everybody having a lot of inexperience on that blue line 
it, it, you, you feel sorry for him because now you realize how much Seth Jones means to this blue line in a, in a position where he he can settle things down. He makes the right plays. He's got good decision making, and you know he plays 25 minutes a game. And that's a big you know, a hole to fill for the Blackhawks. And you, you can see where it just came into effect in these two games. He's the stabilizer. and Yeah, yeah he yeah. is. They were definitely missing him tonight. All right, Troy. Well, thank you very much. Not the most exciting <laughs> game to break down, but... Uh... Boy, I had a lot of great points to talk about tonight. <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't get... John wants to have a little comment here. Joe, if I might interject, you were looking for Bill Murray movie lines. Yeah, we could use one of those right this now. This game. I got one for you. I think this... I believe that this fits this game. A 7-1 to loss to the Kraken here in Seattle. The only thing I can come up with is Gunga Galunga. <laughs> Gunga Galunga. Everyone else caught it. I, 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 I can't catch the reference. I'm sorry. Trust me, anybody that's seen you Caddyshack. Don't, you, don't not, you don't know that one? I don't know that one. Oh, that's... That, that's the Dalai Lama himself. Yeah, that's, I got that going for me. <laughs> this is Caddyshack. Come on. Oh, is it really? Yeah. I mean, I've seen Caddyshack. I, I, I don't yeah. know why well, I don't, don't remember that. Remember. He's got the pitchfork up against the, the guy in the Caddyshack. <laughs> Gunga Galunga. No, I mean, I know the Cinderella story, how to know where. Oh, we got all that one. I know that part. And Cannonball, I, I know that. I got a former greenskeeper about to become. <laughs> do you know, wait, champion. real quick, do you guys know that that scene between Bill Murray and Chevy Chase? Yep. 100% improvised? Totally improvised. They were trying to outdo each other. Because they, they didn't like each other. Right. And, and it was the only way they'd agree to be on the same scene in the movie. <laughs> Yeah. Is that right? I That's did not true. know that. That's you totally didn't know true. that, Troy? No. <laughs> See how no. that feels? No, but I know you can play 18 holes and then smoke the bejesus <laughs> out of it after. <laughs> Here we go. Cannibal. Cannibal. <laughs> All right, you guys. Well, hopefully the, ho- the ride home is a lot smoother than the ride there. And, uh, Troy, can you, just, can you assist John to his seat on the plane, make sure he gets there okay? <laughs> It's bolted down, Joe, so I won't have to worry about turning it over. <laughs> just just don't lean back. We don't need any... Uh... I just, I know, I'm sitting here just about to start talking. I look over here. John's on the ground rustling with a chair. They're going to need know. to lay, land the plane a little bit early again. John, I, lean I, back. I'm just... I'm looking at him like, what happened? Yeah, but you should see the chair. It was a huge chair. Yeah. It had fangs and they- <laughs> there's a there's a story to be told to the listeners, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bother them with it right now. It's too late. We'll we'll fill them in on Sunday against Vancouver. Yeah. Just remember Gunga Galunga. Gunga Galunga. All right, we're gonna have to have a, a team watch party and uh, <laughs> catch up on that and some other Bill Murray movies. Thanks, Joe. All right, you guys. Great thank job. you thank you very much. We'll talk to you in a couple of days. You bet. Good you job, it. Joe. All right, likewise. That is Troy Murray and John Weideman hopping on the post game show as the Hawks fall to the Seattle Kraken seven to one. Where do we begin with this one? Uh first off, if you're still up, thank you. Thanks for hanging around with us. Maybe you're on your way to work right now and you're listening in podcast form, so hopefully that gave you some chuckles on your way to work. But, uh, yeah, not a great game. Really no positives to pull from. A handful of excuses, if you want to call it that. I mean, let's let's state the obvious. The Hawks were missing a couple of really important pieces. Sounded like the journey over there was atrocious. They, they didn't get into Seattle until 7.30, or I guess into the state of Washington until 7.30. That's what Troy Murray was telling us in the pregame show. Then had to deal with the morning traffic, so they really didn't even get into their hotel room 
until 9.30. Then you got to turn around for morning skate. Then you got the game, and clearly there's there's just something or a lot of things that the Hawks were missing tonight. And uh, Seattle took advantage. Let's also point out that the Kraken finally ended their eight-game losing skid two nights ago. They're finally riding high again. The other thing is Seattle, as rough of a start they've had this year, uh, they improved to 10-14-7 with the win tonight. 15 of their games this year have been one-goal games. So they've been on the losing side for a lot of those. So they've played a lot of tough games. They're probably a better team than the record shows. I still don't think they're at least playing as good as they were last season. We were talking about it a little bit in the intermissions that before they were just such a well-oiled machine, all four lines working, uh, everybody pitching in at all points. And like Troy said, they really don't have any superstars that could really send them over the edge. But... um, they were a fun and exciting playoff team. And remember, the Hawks were in Seattle towards the end of the regular season last year. And actually, Seattle won that game 7-3. to So the last two games for the Blackhawks at the Climate Pledge Arena, they have allowed 14 goals. But um, this one was all Seattle, all cracking, and a rough one for the Hawks to bounce back from. Uh, let's take a look at the text line. If you'd like to join us, 312-981-7200. You can call or you could text our buddy Dexter in Bolingbrook. Wow, what a loss. This is all management, Joe. That's me saying that, not you. They can't fire me. Who wants to play here except 18-year-olds? Why are they destroying this team? Okay, a lot of thoughts there kind of going all over the place. Um, I don't know how this game is all management. Um, I, I, were you having the same thought last season? Were, were you thinking the same way with this team last year? with the same coaching staff, with the same general manager that built up the team. This is a different team this year, but they were looking at a lot of different ways to attack this season with this roster. And let's look at all the pieces that the Hawks brought in this year that they just don't have right now for one reason or another. Taylor Hall, Corey Perry, Andreas Athanasiu, I know he was brought in. Well, no, technically he was brought in again this past offseason, signing a two-year contract. None of those guys are available right now. And on top of it, Seth Jones, Kevin Korchinski, not here tonight. All these excuses can be out there in the open, but let's just face it, the Hawks didn't show up tonight. And I think they know that. I think they'll be first to tell you. In fact, we're still waiting for postgame sound. Uh, I haven't seen anyone on the TV side of things. And also, we've been getting our sound from Ben Pope of the Chicago Sun-Times. Uh, still haven't gotten anything from him yet either. I imagine this is one of those situations where either Luke Richardson is talking with the entire team or maybe they're having another players-only team meeting. But things have to be addressed after this game, and I think everyone in that room understands that. And I understand if fans are still frustrated about this because this is this is a step back compared to what we saw two nights ago against Edmonton. I know it was a 4-1 loss to Edmonton a couple of nights ago, but that was a much better structured game. I mean, the Hawks looked like they had a better idea of what they were doing in that game. Seattle won all three zones last night. Troy talked about it kind of into the ground about how good they are in the neutral zone and how much their goaltender, Joey Decord, was playing a role in that. He was able to just feed some of his teammates so quickly because they're always thinking about attacking on the fly and attacking in transition, and that's how they ended up getting a lot of their 
goals. And I know a lot of you want to talk about the goalie situation. No, Arvid Soderblom did not have a good game tonight. It was not all on him. There were some rough goals, but I know he has struggled. I know he's had a bad game. I know a lot of you want to see him in Rockford. I think my my what my assessment before on this situation probably remains the same just because their options down in Rockford haven't changed. It's still Jackson Stauber who doesn't have great numbers down there. It's still Drew Camesso who's 21 years old in his first year in the AHL and he's only played a handful of games. Now, if they want to bring Camesso up for maybe a game or two, something like that, I could see that. Even if they bring up Stauber just for a change, but I don't think you start dissecting this game and dissecting everything the Hawks have done wrong with the goaltending. we got to get to a break, but I do want to get to the phone lines really quick. Devin's in Palin, Palis Hills uh, wants to uh, just go ahead, Devin. Uh, what, what's your what's your question? You're on WGN. Joe, I thought today's performance was horrific, and there's not really a good positive to talk about. Uh, so in the light of the Bears, you know, turning their season around as of lately, What's your thoughts on the Bears potentially making the playoffs? <laughs> Devin, I appreciate your call and uh, continue to not be a stranger. Um, boy, don't they need to win out in order to make the playoffs? Our producer Jack Heinrich's not in his head. I- I'll be honest. I like the Bears. That's about it. I, I really i am not a huge NFL fan. I try to follow along as much as I can, but once it's hockey season, I try to make sure none of the hockey news falls through the cracks. So I, I know the Raiders just clobbered the Chargers tonight, and that was a wicked score. Uh, It does look like Luke Richardson is talking with the media, so we're hoping to hear from him shortly as uh, we cover some football here on the Blackhawks postgame show, but that's kind of what happens when the Hawks lose by a touchdown. 7-1 Seattle takes this game. The Hawks now fall to 9-19-1 on the season. Let's get to a break. When we come back, we'll talk about this a little bit more. I do want to bring up Lucas Reichel, a little bit of Connor Bedard, and uh, hopefully by then we'll get sound from Luke Richardson. So far, that's the only one we're seeing talking from the Hawks' side. Uh, we'll see what he has to say after this rough loss. 701, the Hawks fall to the Kraken. Blackhawks postgame show, 720 WGN. Two straight games where the Hawks have had some real rough luck right in front of the net. Two nights ago, it was Nikita Zaitsev catching the wrong bounce of a puck and sending it past Peter Mrazek. Tonight, it's Jason Dickinson right in front of Arvid Sutterbloom. But those goals do not tell the story of the back-to-back losses that the Hawks have just endured on this road trip. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks postgame show, taking you up to 1230 tomorrow morning as the Kraken beat the Hawks 7-1 tonight out at the Pacific Northwest. 312-981-7200. We got, again, that text from Dexter and Bolingbrook If I'm coming across as just sugarcoating what's going on, because again, Dexter was saying that this is all on management, they can't fire me, I don't think that this is a management issue. I think this is the players not performing, and if you don't believe me, here's what Tyler Johnson had to say, just getting a quick quote from Mark Lazarus on Twitter. Tyler Johnson said it was a, quote, terrible game. He said he was, quote, ticked off and called it unacceptable, said guys were watching rather than battling. I don't think that's the coaching staff's problem. I I, I don't think that's the coaching staff's issue. It's their issue to correct it, 
But today's loss is just a, a big bowl of wrong from a lot of different players on this team. And really no one's off the hook. I know Troy gave his player of the game, Taylor Radish, who finished even tonight. Tyler Johnson actually finished even tonight, too. But, I mean, with a game like this, there's there's really no point to pinpoint any positives. And there's really no point to try to dissect anyone's games like we were talking about with Troy at the beginning of this postgame show. Uh, looks like also that Alex Vlasic sitting out the second half of the third period was just precautionary. So that is good. And so two things there. I think that's good that the Hawks did that, that they're aware of that, that they're that forward thinking with a guy like Alex Vlasic. But man, does that stink that a young defenseman who's doing that well this year, who's become such a big piece for this team immediately, needs to be sat because the entire team just really didn't show up tonight. I mean, he is missing out on playing time. He's missing out on developmental time because of the rest of the team. I think that that sends a huge, strong message of what the Hawks think about Alex Vlasic's game and what they thought about the rest of the team tonight. And this is the coaching staff I'm talking about. I wanted to bring up the Lucas Reichel situation because... He did get promoted to the top line tonight. And I know Luke Richardson was shuffling the lines all around in the third period. But he got moved up in the second period. And I thought there were some really good spurts of Reichel in the first period. He just seemed a little more aggressive, a little more creative with the puck, trying to find his way into Seattle's zone. And I took note of that because I feel like that's a, a quick pat on the back that Luke Richardson gives Lucas Reichel. I think that's that's uh, a quick reward. And one of the last things that Luke Richardson said about Lucas Reichel is, is hard, it's hard for a coach to kind of jumpstart confidence. I'm kind of paraphrasing there, but that's basically what he was saying. It's, it's hard for a coach to help a player figure out how to get their confidence clicking, or at least do it on a regular basis. The Hawks have tried a lot of different things with Lucas Reichel. Healthy scratch, fourth line, moving him from center to wing. So they've definitely challenged him, but they're also playing both good cop, bad cop. They're rewarding him after just a a good portion of a first period. And I don't think that's so much babying him or anything. I think that's just a good way that they're keeping an eye on their player that they have high hopes for and are trying to get to click. We're going to get to calls in a moment, but a quick break for station identification. The Blackhawks, Wildcats, and the NFL play here on AM720. On smart speakers, say play WGN Chicago. Looks like Tyler Johnson, Taylor Radish, and Luke Richardson talked with the media. We're going to get that sound in just a little bit for you. Hawks fall to the Seattle Kraken 7-1 tonight from the Climate Pledge Arena. The Hawks now 1-1 against Seattle this year. There's one more game between these two teams, and it ends up being at the end of January. That'll also be in Seattle. Again, back-to-back games for the Hawks in Seattle. They cough up seven goals. The game last year was towards the end of the regular season, and I just remember Seattle had just clinched the play. Playoffs. They were riding high. They were feeling good about themselves. They were doing what they do well. Everybody clicking. Everybody pitching in. All four lines were working. And 
I, I just remember how fast and good they were on the transition, kind of like tonight. But I don't think the Hawks were shooting themselves in the foot as much as they were tonight that they were last game. Uh, again, if you'd like to join us, 312-981-7200, you can call or you could text. Uh, Jermaine is calling in. Go ahead, Jermaine. You're on 720 WGN. Hi, Joe. I just have a, you know, just a quick inquiry. Um, you know, in light of the Hawks' recent scoring struggles, I was thinking, you know, maybe it's time that Kyle Davidson shakes things up and maybe he sends Bedard out to Washington for Alex Ovechkin to get the goals in. Do you think I'm like Mike Francesca? Francesca, Jermaine, is is that what this is? I'm I'm not quite familiar with Mike Francesca. Could you elaborate? Yeah, so so callers call in to Mike Francesca, one of the godfathers of sports talk radio, and just pose these asinine trades to see what kind of reaction he had. So you're one hundred percent serious about that? I mean, why not? You know, Alan Sovetkin, he's an all time great. Uh, I mean, the Hawks here, you know, we're storing one goal here, you know, another goal there. You know, the team's not looking so hot, so I was thinking maybe you bring in some veteran veteran presence who could also score some goals, that's all. All right, thank you very much, Jermaine. If anyone else would like to call or text 312-981-7200, yeah, I, I don't think I want Alex Ovechkin and his last few years in the NHL for an 18-year-old in Connor Bedard, but uh, appreciate the call anyway. Um Again, the Taylor Radish goal that brought the Hawks within one, I, I thought Hawks got off to a decent start in that second period. Even if they're not able to fully complete the comeback, they can start pulling some types of positives. But it was that Bjorkstrand goal that took us out of the break that put Seattle back on top by two, and then they just kind of opened the floodgates from there. And I know you create your own luck in this league, but it's it's kind of eerie how in back-to-back nights that those goals, those kind of self-inflicted goals, came at the same type of situation and created the same type of score. Again, I don't think it was the motivating factor. I don't think it was the last thing done. But it definitely was an indicator of how the rest of this game was going to go. Connor Bedard... Ends his 10-game point streak on the road as an 18-year-old. Let's look at the numbers really quick on Bedard. He was a minus one, three shots on goal. He was three for eight from the face-off circle. I thought just another you know, decent game by Bedard. He had a couple of scoring opportunities, a couple of scoring chances. Um, never found the back of the net. That's the other thing. In the, in the first period, after the Hawks were down by a goal, there was a little bit of a fight from them, mainly from that third line. A few instances where Joey Anderson and Nick Felino were just trying to punch the puck through Joey Decord, but couldn't find it. I think you still saw some growing pains from Bedard, though. There was an instance where he just didn't fully clear the puck, and so many bad exits by the Hawks, having difficulty just you know clearing the puck in a positive way. A lot of times just dumping it into Seattle's zone, but right at a, a spot or a speed where Joey Decord could quickly get it, quickly pass to one of his teammates, and then there you go. Seattle's on the move again. They're in transition again. And also just able to create their offense so quickly, and the Hawks maybe don't even get a change. And those are the little things that are really costing this team getting blown out in these types of situations. 
from the 224 area code. Love the Frasier reference at the beginning of the show. I'm also listening, bro. Thank you, 224. Yeah, big, uh, a couple of big Frasier fans over here at WGN Radio. Some of us don't even know the show, but uh, I'm not going to make people feel insecure for not knowing movie or show references like some other people on the broadcast have earlier today. Rough game, six-goal loss. Do we have sound from... Let's go with Tyler Johnson. It sounded like he had some uh, pretty significant things in calling out the team, too. Let's hear from number 90. It was a terrible game. I I just thought we were uh, caught watching a lot, um, trying to save ourselves compared to get after it, try to just kind of make sure we didn't do something wrong. But I feel like when you're tentative, when you try to just kind of wait and see what happens, that's, I mean, that's what happens. Um, Teams are too good when they take it at you, and uh, we just have to respond. You're obviously missing a lot of key guys, but, I mean, what do you chalk it up to? Kind of for sure we are but at the same time i mean all these guys are nhl guys we're all in this for a reason so um you know we we have to compete i i, I don't think that's any excuse obviously it makes things harder but uh that's just not acceptable did you guys have a meeting afterward to talk about it yeah i mean i, I think we talk about just about everything after every game but uh yeah this is uh this is a little different What's the, the emotion that you're feeling right now after a night like this? Pissed off. I mean, I, like I said, it's just unacceptable for this to continue to happen. So we have to figure something out. Is there a reason you guys seem to play well against the elite teams in the league and against some of the ones that aren't? They have games like this. I don't know. I, I, I don't know if it has to do with the team. I, I think it's uh, us coming into the game just ready to play ready to you know kind of like i said take it out or go after him a little bit compared to being scared to make mistakes and i I think that's just kind of what happened today we were just tentative on everything and credit to seattle they worked hard and they competed and uh they took it to us and we just didn't respond so i don't know if it depends on the opponent Uh, i know that we've had some good games against some really good opponents but seattle's a good team too i mean they uh may have pretty far in the playoffs last year they know how to compete and win and um you have to be ready for every single team. Did it feel like things were going wrong from the start, or was there kind of a point where, where the performance fell off? I don't know. I think at the start they kind of took it to us there, and we just didn't respond. And then obviously those goals, sometimes I, I feel like we try to get into our shell a little bit. And um, In my opinion, that's the wrong way to get out of things. Did you feel like things might turn around with the Radish goal? Like, what was the move on the bench? Yeah, I mean, obviously that helps, but uh, we got to keep going. I, I think they scored, what, two shifts after that. So just one of those things that, uh, you know, we just got to do more, everybody. Tyler Johnson telling it how it is. His 700th career game in the NHL in his home state, too, from Spokane, Washington. But not a fun one tonight. Not a fun homecoming for Tyler Johnson. Taylor Radish scored the only goal for the Hawks tonight in the 7-1 loss. Let's hear from number 11. Yeah, it is. It's it's frustrating. We never want to kind of perform like that. I feel like we're a better group than that, and we should be the group that comes ready and hungry every day and want to prove to teams that we're ready to work. And and I feel like we have a, a lot more assured than that, and I feel like we didn't do that tonight. Why is it that uh, you guys seem to, to be up for games against the more elite teams and then the ones that are like middle of the road or, or lower? Yeah. I don't think we're... We don't think about that. It's maybe it's just the way it is, and I feel like Seattle's obviously they're a good team. They 
had a pretty good playoff run last year, and they're a team that works hard every night, and when we come out and, and don't work, they're going to take advantage of that like they did tonight, and I don't think we can come out a different way depending on the team. I know as a group as a whole, we, we should be a team that comes hungry every night, and depending, no matter who, who, who we're playing, and um, yeah, like I said, we didn't we didn't do that today, and um, we have to be ready to bounce back. Did you, did you sense some anger or frustration in the in the group afterward? Yeah, it's obviously frustrating. You never want to be down that much or or get blown up that that big. It's it's happened, I think, too many times this year as a team, and yeah, we we can't let that happen. Once once we start bleeding a little bit, we got to be able to turn it right around, and we weren't able to do that once again. Just wonder why that seems to happen on occasion collectively, where groups either, like Tyler said, tentative or just not up for the game? Um, yeah, we like I said, we just got to come ready to work every day, no matter what we're, who we're playing or, or where we are. We're, we're a group that has to pride ourselves on working hard, and we're, I guess we make mistakes with a little bit of tentativeness, but that's something we can't do. We, we're, we're all here for a reason, and we're all trying to prove ourselves as well. We're, we're a young team with, with a lot of opportunities, so we got to take advantage of that, and and just um, be, able to, be able to play the right way. Did you think things might turn around with your goal? Yeah, it kind of gave us a chance, but it's. I think John, I just heard, overheard Johnny say they scored a couple of shifts after, so it's uh, something like things like that can't happen, and if they do, you got to bounce right back, and, and we didn't do that, and we just got to be able to regroup and focus and come out and, and every line just having that next shift and be able to create, to create some stuff and uh, build some momentum. Was there anything you saw Seattle doing tactically that made it extra hard on you guys? I feel like they just play an all-around game. They chip in the puck out. And they, uh, they played us hard, and yeah, maybe at the same time, I don't think we we had our best effort to make it hard on them. There, I feel like we had some vulnerable spots where we, we could have put them in, but we we didn't do that. And that's something we got to be more aware of and, and be better at. We'll give Taylor Radish our player with the most hard, which is sponsored by Northwestern Medicine. Northwestern Medicine is home to the state's leading heart and vascular program, top ranked for 16 straight years by U.S. News and World Report. 312-981-7200 if you'd like to call or text. Hawks fall to the Seattle Kraken tonight, 7-1. to We're going to hear from Luke Richardson, break down this one a little bit more, and then take a look around the National Hockey League. All the Blackhawks postgame show taking you up to 12.30 this morning. Here on 720 WGN. Back to Seattle at the right point. Hawk zone. Dumoulin's got the puck. Put it down to the right wing corner. And Devin Shore fights off a check. Hands it off. And a tough angle shot. They score. This time it's Pierre-Edouard Belmar's goal from about three inches above the goal line to the right of the Hawk net. Soderblom made the initial save on a Seattle shot, but the loose puck laid beside the net, and Belmar tucked it in. It's now 7-1 in favor of the Kraken. Now we're back to Chicago, and that was the final score. 7-1 Seattle as they take down the Hawks. The Hawks get swept on this road trip. They've got the next two days off. They'll practice on Saturday before hosting the Vancouver Canucks Sunday afternoon. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks postgame show. We're taking you up to 12.30 this morning as uh, the Hawks fall by six goals to Seattle. Our text line is at 312-981-7200. You can call or you can text. Again, from the 224 area code. Actually, this is Alex in Louisville. Uh, talking about the Frazier reference again, but uh, you spoke about goaltending earlier in the show, Joe. Comesso has some time to develop. 
Do you like what you've seen so far from him? I worry the Hawks have waited too long to start developing their next Crawford. Uh, Comesso's numbers are good in Rockford. I'll, I'll pull those up really quick. I know he picked up a, a shutout in one of his very early games. I think he was the youngest goaltender in Rockford IceHogs history to pitch a shutout. Uh, 21 years old. He was Team USA's goalie. He was the goalie for Boston University for three years. Let's see. An 896 save percentage in 11 games with the Rockford IceHogs and a goals against average of 299. The issue about the Hawks not finding their next Crawford, or I'm sorry, waiting too long to develop their next Crawford, it's it's kind of interesting you bring up specifically Corey. Because Corey Crawford came up with the Hawks in 05-06 for two games. Two years later in 07-08, he came up for five games. He played one game in the 09-10 season. And then it wasn't until 2010-2011, I think he was splitting time with Marty Turco that year, he started playing consistently. 57 games, 57 games. Went down to 30 in the 13 season. Obviously, that was cut short. Most he played was 59 games. Anyway, I mean, if Camesso comes up for a couple of games this year, it's it's almost exactly what Corey Crawford was doing. It's different because Camesso went to college, but still, I, I, I don't think I don't think not rushing Drew Camesso up here is going to hurt his development. In the long run, I think the Hawks are being very careful with him, very safe with him, and just being very strategic about it. I I don't think they need to rush a move like that just because Arvid Soderblom isn't having a great year. I think that would be being irresponsible. Luke Richardson chatted with the media. Let's hear from the head coach after the 7-1 loss to Seattle. Yeah, no, he was just a little sore and just thought it was better off to be precautionary and get him some rest and... Uh, you know, hopefully it'll be good for next game. And, uh, I don't think there should be any problem. But just uh, the way the game was going, uh, you know, we just uh, thought we'd uh, shut him down for the rest of the night. There's a lot of frustration in that room, and it's not the first time we've seen that uh, mentality this year. What, what keeps happening to allow games like this? Well, you know, obviously our depth chart has been hit well, and uh, but you know we've been uh, you know patching holes uh, as we've been going along. But I think once we get to a certain point, we're uh, we got to be perfect, and we are definitely not perfect tonight. Um, you know, made right from the start. It's not what we wanted the start, and uh, we kind of chased it the rest of the way and got off our game plan. So we just talked about it after the second, just to be simple. And we need a restart here. And unfortunately, uh, you know, I thought we came out with a little bit of passion at the beginning of the third, but we took a penalty, and uh, they unfortunately scored, and it seemed to unravel a bit after that again. And uh, what we need to do is just regroup from this one. It wasn't a good performance, uh, and I know the players know it's not acceptable. Uh, the battle level and compete level has got to be higher, and we got to be smarter. So, you know, you got to put those two together. What's your, what? Go ahead. Well, what's your concern with uh, Soto Bones' confidence level? Do you think about taking a route earlier? Um, you know, I, I thought I was going to let him battle it out uh, in the third. You know, um, you know, there's a couple unlucky bounces in the first, uh, you know, two goals in the first two period, and I thought we got a goal. And, uh, you know, we made a poor change and then a couple of giveaways, and uh, they started zinging the puck around. So, you know, I'm not really sure uh, if he was at fault for really ending the second. So I thought I'd let him stay in for the third uh, and battle it out. 
Um, but you know, the third, you know, the puck went in in the power play, and then right after that, I just thought you gotta get him out. Uh, you know, I mean, it starts to become too much for uh, somebody. It's uh, yeah, and Peters, you know, went in and just kind of stabilized things. But I, I'm, I'm not really worried about his confidence. I know he usually resets well, and he's calm, calm, uh, confident goalie. Um, you know, I mean, unfortunately, we just uh, weren't great in front of him tonight, and probably wasn't his best performance either. So, uh, you know, I'm not really worried about his confidence level. I think he just needs to just get back and play big and simple, and we got to play better in front of him. You mentioned there wasn't enough battle today. It seems that battle's there when you guys are playing elite teams. But sometimes against the teams that are more towards the bottom of the standings, it's not there. Well, how do you explain that? Yeah, I don't know. The last time we played these guys, we came out with fire and, and we were up to nothing and should have been up more and, and won the game. Uh, you know, I mean, not handily, but I thought we were in control of the game. And then tonight, uh, a team that we played like uh, maybe two weeks ago, uh, very well. We just we just didn't play well tonight, and uh, I don't I don't know if it's. Uh, you know what I mean? Just uh, immaturity in the team because we have lots of young players uh, that are, you know, up here and, and playing on a lot of adrenaline and then maybe it just kind of wore off a little bit and, uh, you know, we were a little bit gassed or is it just, uh, and, you know, no, there's no excuses. Like, uh, everybody goes through crazy travel in this league, uh, but, you know, that kind of just piled on maybe, And uh, but you got to battle through it. When that when you're feeling it physically, you got to be sharper mentally. Otherwise, you, you're not going to keep your spot in the NHL. So we, we know that and uh, we just got to be better. I, I don't know if there is an answer for tonight other than uh, the only thing we can do now is learn from it and respond better. And uh, we're going home for three important games, and, and uh, they should be winnable. So, uh, you know, we got a big feat against Colorado, but we, and, and Vancouver's off to a great start. But uh, I think we've been playing better at home, and that's what we got to look forward to. Uh, the Darks saw at the end of this road point streak. Uh, it just didn't seem like you were getting offense or anywhere. Did you see some chances from him or others that just didn't materialize? Yeah, you know what? Nick had one in the first period, and it was I think it was one nothing at the time. And uh, you know, I think if he deked the other way, the goalie guessed right on that one, and uh, it's one one. And maybe that gives you life and it kicks you out of that. You know, what I mean, like a little bit of a sputtering start. Arvid Soderblom uh, got pulled after that seventh goal in the third period, and. I, I understand where Luke Richardson is coming from because there was almost a moment towards the end of the second period I thought he might get pulled. But time was winding down. It was like one thirty left, maybe two minutes at one point. So if he's able to just finish off that second period, use that second intermission, then see what happens in the third. Not so much for the Hawks coming back and, and winning or anything like that, but just you know, Seattle might take something off their game or the Hawks might get a quick goal, and then things change a little bit. And then again, you're trying to pull positives from that last 20 minutes, which is something the Hawks did in their last period of play on that atrocious road trip they had a couple of weeks ago in Minnesota, and they used that for good. They had three straight games picking up at least a point at the United Center. So from that aspect, I can see why you leave Arvid Soderblom in. It didn't work out that way. Power play goal by Jared McCann, and then Ellie Tolvin and just kind of putting in a weak one past Sutterbloom, and then is definitely the time to pull the goaltender. Um, I Again, I understand the frustration with Arvid Sutterbloom right now, but I don't think it... 
I, I could be wrong, but it might change. I don't think it changes the circumstances of calling someone up quickly. Uh, we'll just have to wait and see. Again, the Hawks' next game isn't until Sunday afternoon against the Vancouver Canucks. we got to get to another break, then we'll take a look around the NHL. But first, let's go to our Save of the Game, which is sponsored by ComEd Financial Assistance Programs. Trevier back to get it behind the net. Passing the line no further. Kept in by Devin Shore. Put it over. Left circle. A shot from Yamamoto. is blockered away by Mrazek. Not sure how much else we can break down this one, so when we come back from our break, we'll take a look around the NHL and some drama going on in St. Louis with Jordan Cairo. All that and more coming up in the Blackhawks postgame show, 720 WGN. Lomber, course back into his own zone, tied up by Garland. They'll battle for the puck, and Garland gets it free to Kuzmenko. Winding into the slot, and a goal, he scores! Andre Kuzmenko has his second goal in as many games, and the Canucks lead one to nothing. That is Brendan Batchelor of Sportsnet 650, Vancouver's Sports Radio. And that is also our next game preview, which is sponsored by Plumbers 911 Chicago, where they do it right the first time. The Vancouver Canucks hosting the Florida Panthers on Roberto Luongo night. Bobby Lou's two teams, and they get a shutout on Bobby Lou night, 4 nothing. I kind of made the wise crack being from Chicago. I wonder if they played Chelsea Dagger on Bobby Lou night, but of course, I'm sure they didn't. I'm Joe Brand. We're wrapping up the Blackhawks postgame show after a 7-1 loss to the Seattle Kraken. Let's take a look around the league. Eight games going on in the National Hockey League tonight, and we'll start in Philadelphia. Mantha will try to keep it alive for Washington. Erickson can win it with a save here. Anthony Mantha backhand, lost control, and the Flyers win it in the shootout. And Sam Erickson is 10 for 10 in shootouts this year. He improves to 3-0 and in the shootout, and the Flyers beat the Washington Capitals tonight 4-3. to Tim Saunders of the Flyers Broadcast Network. The Flyers pick up points in seven consecutive games. They win the first matchup between them and the Washington Capitals. Washington sees its three-game point streak come to an end. Let's go to Toronto. Now Wierenski in the right-wing circle. Leaves it for Kent Johnson. He's in that circle. He shoots, and he scores! And I got two words for you. Game over! Kent Johnson with his second of the night. Gets the Blue Jackets that second point as they beat the Toronto Maple Leafs in overtime by the final score of 6-5. to five. Bob McGilligan of WBNS 97-1, the fan, as the Columbus Blue Jackets pick up their 10th win of the season. They didn't have a game since Sunday. Use that time wisely, a 6-5 overtime victory against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Let's head to the Motor City. She will pick it up right circle, hammer it to Fast, and he'll swing it down the ice. Husso oh, oh. comes out of his net, and they scored. He went to play the puck behind the goal. It came right out in front, and it was Stahl who fires it into the net, and it's 2-1 to Carolina. Ken Cal of 97.1 FM, the ticket as the Detroit Red Wings fall to the Carolina Hurricanes. 2-1 to Detroit without Dylan Larkin tonight, without JT Comfer. They are both day-to-day. Let's now go to St. Louis. Oh, the drama. Here's Krug along the boards. Back to Falk. Fires it through. Loose puck in front. Scores! Side of the net. Thomas gets his second of the night. 
That is Dean Brown of TSN 1200 AM. I keep getting my numbers mixed up. Uh, The Blues take down the Ottawa Senators 4-2. First win for St. Louis underneath their new head coach, Drew Bannister. If you didn't hear it before the game, Jordan Kyrou's comments saying, I don't... uh, Hold on, let me pull up the direct quote because it can be taken a couple of different ways. Jordan Kyrou said, I quote, I've got no comment. He's not my coach anymore. Regarding Craig Berube getting fired, Drew Bannister getting hired. Apparently the crowd at the Enterprise Center was booing Jordan Kyrou because of those comments. And here's what Kyrou had to say to the media after that game. You able to focus then tonight and you feel like you had it. Um, it's definitely the toughest game I've probably played, to be honest. But... Any of your teammates or anybody from the organization talk to you about it? Um, I mean, obviously my teammates have my back, right? So You're getting pretty emotional here. Where are the emotions coming from? I mean, it's just tough, right? Like, you know, I love playing here, so it's just it's tough to hear the fans booing me there. Sorry. Kyrou basically saying his quote was taken out of context, and he thinks the world of Craig Berube was just trying to move the page onto his new head coach. Blackhawks Hockey has been sponsored by Sitco. When you start with Sitco, you're good to go. United Airlines, your Chicago and Northwest Indiana Hyundai dealers. Plumbers 911 Chicago, where they do it right the first time, and Northwestern Medicine. Big thanks to all the help here at the WGN Studios, Jack Heinrich, Patrick Hennessy, and Krista Flores. And a big thanks to our play-by-play and color crew, John Weideman and Troy Murray, out in Seattle. For everyone that I mentioned, I'm Joe Brand, Hawks fall to Seattle 7-1. Gabe Salgado's got your news next. After that, it's Raleigh James. We'll talk to you Sunday afternoon when the Hawks host the Vancouver Canucks. Have a great Friday, everybody.